Please help me welcome Epic Risk Management as a new sponsor of the show. Paul Buck and his team, some of whom have experienced gambling harm firsthand, exist to help organizations prevent gambling harm. Check out the website, epicriskmanagement.com, and we look forward to working with our new sponsor to bring more conversations about gambling harm to the table. If you are someone who struggles with an online gambling addiction, please take advantage of Gamban. Gamban is blocking software that will block gambling websites and gambling apps from your phone, your tablet, and your computer. Please go to Gamban.com for more information. And if you are in the UK, please take advantage of TalkBan Stop. Welcome to All In, the Addicted Gamblers podcast. I'm your host, Chris, and I'm here with my incredibly attractive, yet not quite as sexy as Dan Stevens' co-host, Brian. Hi, Brian. How are you? Chris, it's good to see you. Good to see you, and too. And there's no way I'd be as sexy as Dan Stevens and the guest. That man is a god. Oh, we had some, speaking of which, yeah, we had some guests over the other night, and I made them watch the guest. Oh, really? They I left love that movie. loving it. I love that movie. I love the music in the movie. Soundtrack uh, is phenomenal. phenomenal. He throws grenades, and I, I think there's like a Michael Jackson song nope, playing. No, no, it's uh, uh, it was a one-off. It's it's kind of that Stevie Wonder sounding. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, the guest is a great, ridiculous, oh, fun, fantastic movie. movie. Great score. Uh, I actually just watched. I think about two months ago, I watched it. Yeah, that was actually kind of about what we did. About once a year, sometimes twice a year, if there's people around. Yeah, that, that, that's just great. So, hey, guess what? What? Happy 200th episode. Thank you. Where you been? Well, in, uh, <laughs> in, in response to your invitation to come join you for the 200th episode, now here I am. And I've, I've been where I've always been, which until recently was down the road from where you were until you decided to move. So I'm still in North Carolina. Yeah, I loved it down there. Uh, we moved because Nicole got a new job. Yeah. But uh, I get emails and people say, hey, I'm enjoying this podcast you and Chris are doing. And then they email and they go, hey, what happened to Chris? I'm like, oh, hey, it's Jeff. And then uh, Jeff has been with me, you know, several episodes after you sort of stopped. Then he joined. And then lately he's been out because he's busy. So I've been running a one man ship, been captaining my ship alone without a crew. And there was that one time, maybe two times where we had that threesome. We did. I don't think we put the one up. Oh, fair enough. If, I don't so know. It may have been a while. Yeah. I, I don't <laughs> I don't think we ended up putting that one up because I, I, yeah, for whatever reason. But uh, it's good to see you. And again, you co-created this podcast with me. So I just thought for the 200th episode, why not have Chris back to do like a special recap episode? Yeah. Well, you know, I haven't talked to you in a while. And so it'd be good to catch up and see what you're doing. I mean, I haven't talked to you outside of texts. I mean, we text every week. I mean, I text with you every week, but uh, be good to hear what you have been up to. And also, I thought it'd be nice if I told you a little bit about what has happened with the podcast since. So, but we should, we should, I feel like we should use this opportunity, Chris. Sure. To, to tell everybody that we have been friends since we've known each other since we were 14, but we've been really good friends since we were about 16. Yeah. We met in high school. And so, yeah. Give everybody where the podcast came from. And in order to do that, we have to go back to the beginning. Well, if I'm remembering correctly, we went to high school. We graduated high school. We tried to go to college. We screwed around too much. We're in and out of college, in and out of various apartments and different places. Um, we lived together 
one time at Schooner Cove and then in the trailer and then another time at Schooner Cove. Schooner Cove. And we also worked together one time at Meyer and then at the hotel together. Yeah. Both at the Improv Inferno. Yeah. So we've we spent a lot of time together. We've cohabitated quite we a bit. We were living together and working two jobs together. I literally saw you 24 hours a day. Well, no, because I was doing overnights and you were doing overnights at the different place and then we flip-flopped. Yeah. So we would run into each other over a bowl of cereal and a DVD because back in those days, there was no streaming. So Chris would come home with a brand new DVD every day yep. from at Meyer where we worked. There was a DVD bin and he'd come home and be like, look, I bought Lilo and Stitch. Let's watch it. Oh, yeah. Then, we look, made, I bought Resident I mean, Evil. Let's watch it. We weren't making a lot of money, but we were working no. so much. We had no time to spend the money we were. So it was, oh, oh someone told me this movie wasn't terrible. I'll just buy it. That was <laughs> Go home and watch it. Then. Cause that was at that, at that time when rentals started going up to like five and six bucks for a rental. That's right. Like DVDs were kind of new and like if you rent the VHS, it was cheap, but renting the DVD was, it was primo. Remember renting videos? Our kids are going to miss out on so much garbage. Well, the, uh, on a separate diatribe, uh, I don't, I, I get all the streaming, but it's fun to own something and you don't own anything. If you just download it to your TV or phone, you don't, it's not, there's nothing physical there. So I don't really, I'm not a big fan of that. I only own one DVD box set and what it's it? a complete Magnum PI series. <laughs> <laughs> I will never let it go. Oh, by the way, have you seen this? My sister got me this for Christmas. What are those? Are those, is that a Funko? What is a Funko pop? I, I, I don't know. These I always see these in videos on YouTube. People all have them in their background. Yeah. They're these big headed little collectible dolls, but check out which you one. You have a is. Magnum PI one? Yeah. Do you watch Blue Bloods? Are I you just a Magnum PI fan or are you a Tom Selleck fan? I, both. Both. Cause I do watch Blue Bloods. It's uh, a, <laughs> I do. such an old man. I know. I know. But, <laughs> and you know who got me onto Blue Bloods? Who? Ron. Oh, your step-father-in-law. Yeah, Ron Carroll. The actor. Yes, that Ron Carroll, the Ron Carroll of Friday the 13th, parts one and two, uh, Deep yeah. Star Six, Yep. Broadway shows galore. Yeah. Look him up, kids. You'll love him. I am I'm directly over my computer screen. On the wall behind my computer is a signed Friday the 13th poster from Ron Carroll, and it is one of my greatest treasures. Ron is a... Will you describe Ron? He he's 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 an, he's actor, an actor, but he's also a singer. He's a big stage actor, but he's been in yeah, you know, some yeah, movies he was, and stuff. He and, made a career out of working on Broadway, and and you that married him, the him family. to branch out into a handful of movies as well. Yeah, and he's great. He was so nice. Chris and I used to do a different podcast together. We 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 tried doing a movie podcast, and we interviewed Ron for that podcast, and it was great because we talked to him for about two hours, asked him everything, uh, and. He was just so nice to answer our questions. He could have, I'm pretty sure he could have cared less that he was in Friday the 13th. I'm pretty sure you and I were both like, oh my God, you're in Friday the 13th. And he was like, well, yeah, yeah. My, my friend made it. And so I, I was in it. And I was like, oh my gosh, your friends with Sean Cunningham who made Friday the 13th. <laughs> I mean, everything about that where I, I grew up a huge horror, horror fan. I love horror fan. In fact, I'm, I'm saying that, but as I'm looking around my basement, there's about eight horror movie posters down here. So I still love horror movies. So I love, I love those character actors who are in those horror movies. I, and I love when they pop up in other things like house two as Ron did. Yeah. Was, yeah. It's in the same guy do the two house movies that did the first two. Friday the third day, eh, whatever. 
I don't remember. I don't, I don't know about House. I never saw House. I remember seeing House too because it was on TV. You know what's kind of disappointing is I actually can't remember the moment when I learned that's who he was because he's my, I remember he's my you wife's stepdad. About it because you kept huh? talking about him. Oh, because it was at your wedding. Well, let's do the timeline and then get to your wedding. Uh, okay. Which timeline? Well, so we worked doing? a bunch together. Oh, so the the story is that we worked a bunch together, and Chris is the first person who ever told me that I had a gambling problem because I went to the casino with him. He saw me in action. He saw me overspend. He saw me take his ATM card and take money off of it. And we walked out and he said, Brian, I think you have a problem and you should probably yeah. get help. And that was the first time anybody had said it out loud to me because I was very good at hiding it. And so I did. That was the first time I went to GA was because Chris had said something to me. So it does work when you say something. Now, it didn't stick. I didn't continue with GA for another year and a half, but it got you me were, through the door. It started the process. It. What's that? You were irritatingly good at hiding it. Well, I mean, I don't think anybody ever knew. I, even now, when I talk to like Glenn or... um. Well, Glenn, I remember telling him, and he was like, I didn't even know you were gambling back then. I was like, yeah, man, all the time, whenever I could, whenever I got paid. No, I mean, but we had enough friends that went to random schools around Michigan that it wasn't that odd to go to Turtle Creek or Soaring Eagle or one of those. It was Soaring Eagle. I never went like, to. Yeah, because we were all in college, and sure, we don't want to go screw around. These are well, Indian reservation casinos that we can go into at 18, 19. We couldn't drink, but we could go and chain smoke and. Yeah, you could go so, and gamble. At it wasn't odd that we did that on occasion. We did. We were, I just, I just really liked it and kept going alone. Yeah, nobody knew you were doing that. No, and uh, so you were the first person to say that to me. And then you and I, on our on our last venture of living together, I was working and sort of just content with working at my manufacturing job, and you were working a job that you liked, but then your car broke down. Yeah, and then you just. I got home one day from work and you're like, Hey, I joined the Navy. I'm leaving next week. I'll see ya. Yeah, I did that. And I was thoroughly confused at how I was going to afford rent or anything. And I remember I got mad at you when you, cause you left, you, you went to boot camp, and you cannot contact anybody in those first 30 days when they were at boot camp. No, you know, what sucks. I was very messed up about that. What is happening? No, what sucks about that is uh, the division in boot camp that I was in, we were not allowed to call outside, but all of the other divisions were, <laughs> they had like weekly phone calls. I don't know. I don't remember, but uh, I yeah. appreciated your nickname that you shared with me that they called you uh, in the Navy. Um, old man. Yes. Or grandpa. I think it was when you told me. Oh, that's right. I used to get a lot. Of you went in at too. 24, 25, 25. I went to boot camp at 25. And I think I was the second oldest person out of like 82 people. And would you say that that was the best thing you did with your life was going into the Navy because it you you went into the Navy and you were like, you were sort of at the end there. You're like, I'm working at this golf course. My car doesn't run. You enjoyed no working money. outdoors, but like you're making no money yeah. and you were living with me again. So I can totally see why that you had broken up with your future wife. Yeah, point, it was girlfriend. just 25 years old, didn't have anything going on. It was sort of a last ditch effort. I had joined before. Yeah, I remember that. Joined right before 9-11. Ended up getting a medical discharge because I broke my foot. Yeah, I remember that. Um, so <laughs> I never really had foot? a Navy career. So, and I always wanted to do it. And at that point, it was like now or never. And, and that was because your dad was in the Navy? I mean, I'm sure partially. I guess yeah. why I guess why Navy versus another branch? Oh, no. To be fair, I actually tried to do the, uh, the uh, Air Force. There was an Air Force recruiter in Ann Arbor. And... Um, I went in I went there one to day his during... office when I was 27. Really? Yep. Huh. 
Uh, so I went in there one day during office hours and they were closed. So I called them, left a voicemail. I was like, Hey guys, I'm a sure thing. Give me a call back. Um, by the way, I, I aced the ASVAB and the, the D lab. Like, so I was good at what I, you know, I did really well on the test. Um, yeah. Went back there another day, same thing, middle of the day, not lunch hours. Nobody was there. Doors are all locked. The, you know, they were supposed to be open call and left them another voicemail and they never got back with me. So Navy was my second choice. And what, how did you break your foot? Cause I remember I wasn't there. You were with some of our friends or something screwing around or something, right? Yeah. John and I decided it was like 18, we, 19. Yeah. Um, 19 because you said just before nine 11. Yeah. My, my, the day that I was supposed to ship out was September 10th. How bizarre. And I was on my way to get a cast put on my leg the morning of September 11th. And when I was driving to the hospital to get my soft cast turned into a hard cast when it was on the radio. And anyway, yeah, it was. Were you listening to Drew and Mike? Because I was listening to Drew and Mike when that was on the radio. No, it wasn't Drew and Mike. Oh, I never really. Yeah. yeah. So you ended up joining the Navy and it was probably the, the best thing for you i would it was a thing well but then you turned that it paid for college going afterwards. back to college and yeah that's... then became somebody who could bring in an income that you in, that was yeah. good for you and and you didn't have to worry if your car broke that then you can't go to work you would be able to fix it because you had a decent job yeah and so what did you end up doing like you got out of the navy you got oh you got married while in the navy yep yep well no this is all old news <laughs> i mean um so I got married in the it's Navy. It's old news to us, but not to people listening right now. Oh, that's fair. There are a lot of people that don't know me. Hello, people. I mean, they don't we know do, me. Yeah. I mean, we we talked early on, but they might have. It's it, a lot of people don't yeah. go back and listen to the first episode. So, oh yeah. So when I was in the Navy, Amy and I got married. Got out of the Navy, moved to North Carolina. Um, due to a just a super stupid circumstance of timing and admissions and all of that, it was. I could go to college and finish my degree faster in Michigan than I could in North Carolina. So I went up to Michigan during the calendar year of 2014. I knocked out my associates in one year in North Carolina. And then I went up to Michigan the next year and knocked out my bachelor's in the next year. So I did, I did a two year bachelor's by the way. Uh, you were never dumb. You just, you were my friend and we, we did, we liked to hang motivated. out versus yeah. go to school. Yeah, it was it was more fun to have fun than you were the you were the brightest person I knew. Well, not anymore, but uh, yeah, really Russian history. Yeah, it didn't get me anywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you completely went into a different line of work. You was it true that you expected to be a teacher? You wanted to teach at a college. Idea. You want to be that a professor? The idea is that I'd go be go be a college professor. Yeah, and you ended up going into the medical research world. Yeah, just Did you have you enjoyed that random circle? I do, I do. It feels um, good, doesn't it, to be like a professional in it an does. office with people? Because it was something, I mean, again, like your life was delayed like mine. We both got a very late start to yeah, everything because we were just screwing around. Can you hear that in the background? I barely heard anything. Was it the kid? One of yeah, two kids? Calvin's out in the living room screaming, blow my nose, blow my nose. <laughs> That's adorable. He's got a cameo. Yeah. So wherever I was, it was that year when I was up in Michigan, 2014. I had just I left going to school and you moved in with my mom. Yeah. Yep. It was that year that uh, I was going to school at Eastern and I was also working in their veterans affairs office, helping other 
vets use their GI Bill to pay for college. And that was the uh, the momentous occasion where I received the phone call. Yes. Yes. I, I was I was quietly taking drives to Las Vegas from California where I, I moved. Which uh, I can't blame you. That's a beautiful drive. It, you know, it really was a beautiful drive. But when so the nice the good feeling about gambling, a lot of it is anticipation. Right. Like mm-hmm. I got a, I got a pocket full of cash. I got cards for backup and I'm on my way to give me the most excitement I was capable of receiving, which was gambling. And the four and a half hours really, really <laughs> like really stretches it out. And so you just listen to music and you're thinking about where I'm going to go, where I'm going to be on the strip. I mean, I was always going down to the strip. I parked in the exact same spot, you know, all those times I went, which was, oh, what was the name of that? It, it was whatever hotel the Blue Man Group was was playing at. It's right at the edge of the strip, like when you get off 15, I think. And anyway, circus, they have a parking circus? structure. No, it wasn't Circus Circus. <laughs> but they had a parking structure right behind, which is why I always parked there. And sometimes Fair I enough. stayed there, but once in a while I stayed in other places. But uh, yeah, that, that final time I lost more money. I mean, I had been losing because I'd been going to Vegas, but I had lost more money that night than I had lost in prior occasions. I mean, I think that, that night it was like $8,000 and I had no money. That was the end of my, it was literally, I'd moved out to California to restart life. And I just went right back into old habits. Wait, so you blew eight grand one night? That night, yeah. And what's messed up about that? I'm pretty sure you could take like the first five or six of my cars, add them up, and it wouldn't, (laughs) they weren't worth eight grand total. (laughs) Uh, Your one car was worth a lot more because it didn't kill me. It saved me. So as I crashed it into a cement wall on the highway that one night. Yeah, but it was a Buick. They're, they're no tough. airbag, though. I, I keep forgetting about that. No airbag ever came out of that thing. I mean, the seatbelt worked, and I hit my head on the steering wheel, but um, no airbag. Was there supposed to be an airbag? Because that was like a 90. I would have assumed. I guess I didn't even think about it. I didn't think about the fact that no airbag came out till years later. That, I went. that might have been right around the point, though, right before they were mandatory or popular, whatever they technically are now. Oh. But yeah. Buick, I, so- give us a call. <laughs> let us know about your uh it was a was it 91 a century i think it was Buick Sentinel. that's right it was yeah yeah because then when i was in the navy i was driving a 93 list saber frank the tank oh yeah oh man all the paint had chipped off of that stupid thing in the california sun it was just like metal gray tires were bald radio <laughs> had no buttons on it none of the windows rolled down it was just a disaster and it was so much fun <laughs> Yeah, you had a, you you did the smart thing. You bought cars that were cheaper and got you from A to B. And I bought that car for three hundred dollars because I needed a car for two months before I was getting shipped out. I drove that car for two months. I shipped out. I came back, you know, eight, nine, ten months later. Drove that thing for another two years on three hundred dollars. It was funny, you know. I did have to buy a battery for it. Well, what was that? Fifty bucks, probably. Well worth it. Uh, <laughs> You left and joined the Navy, and then you moved back to Michigan, and I had just left Michigan. Yeah. Start so you're like, what the heck? And it's funny because I moved to California, and you're like, well, I just left California. Yeah. Well, you had left California a little prior and then went to North Carolina. So, yeah, I called you that morning of the um, when I placed my last bet, July 23rd of 2014, because who else was I going to call? Yeah, no, I mean. I mean, you were the first one to tell me. Uh, my mom always appreciated that you had told me um because i told her like well i told chris 
and she always appreciated that about you. Like, oh, he gave you good advice. That's you know, she she did say she's like, I, I like that he did that for you. And then uh, I called you. Took you like four or five years to follow it, but hey. Yeah. <laughs> we, we all get there at our own pace. That's the shitty part about this addiction. Is it just yeah. You know, um, but I did, yeah. So I'm I'm leaving the I mean, I'd lost everything, but I, I paid for a room because I had I'd left Vegas, you know, I would gamble into the night and if I needed a room, I would get one. But mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, it, they had such deals that I just would get one anyway. Were you one of those idiots, though, that would buy a room for the night because you knew you were going to stay there? But then you're on the floor until like six in the morning. Yes. And you might spend three hours in your room. Yeah. I went back to my room and it was sunny, but I was like, I have to. It, it sucks because I have no money. I'm in Las Vegas. I have this room for another like six hours. And I know I have to drive four and a half hours home and I have no money and I'm depressed and I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do. But I also realized... Like, I'm just going to sleep right now because I don't know what else to do. And I, if I hit the road, I'll pass out because I'm so tired. Yeah. And I've been like chain smoking cigarettes all night. But I, I got up, you know, so I slept for a few hours. And then, I, you know, what was it? Nine or 10 o'clock in the morning. Oh, it was like nine or 10 o'clock my time. Yeah, it was midday my time. And I called I you when. and I Maybe believe late. my words were, Chris, I did it again. And I had and been I said, doing it like I'd already Britney been Spears? doing it. But oh. What do you, oh no, <laughs> I don't think her Vegas show was there at that time. Uh, but I did, uh, I called you, I said I did it again, and I think you were, you were very nice. Well, what was your experience with my phone call calling you out of the blue? It was crazy. Um, it's a weird phone call to get out of the blue on like a Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning, whatever. Yeah, it, was. it was weird. Um, and you know, we, we were still young men, <laughs> not that we're not now, but. It was, it was the oh it was that late wasn't it it was 32 yeah for some reason i have like 20s in my head well whatever point is up to that point i think that was the most vulnerable that i'd ever seen you or heard you and that was that was a new one for me you know we'd had a long close friendship but you know up to that point in our lives maybe neither of us had had <laughs> the presence of mind or we didn't have a lot of heart to hearts fair enough but anyway so yeah you were you were very down and out eastbound and down like the whole nine yards. You were all of those things. It Any was... other titles of movies you'd like or TV shows you'd like to mention? <laughs> no, just, you were so, you were upset and you were vulnerable. I was confused. I was on the verge of tears, if not in there. Yeah. I mean, you were not, I'm not going to say incoherent, but like you were obviously in a bit of I really a, I didn't know what to do. Like I literally, I was like, I don't even, do I get, I guess I get in my car and drive. I called you like solve all my problems right now. So I feel good. And to your credit, yeah. you kind of tried. Yeah. I remember like going online and trying to find, I don't know. Gambling, debt count. Debt counseling. Count, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, exactly. Debt consolidation type That's people to uh, help you put together some sort of financial plan to help dig you out of your hole and consolidate all of your debts. Cause I don't know. That was probably the first time that you ever really opened up about yeah. the things that you would, you'd done. Like, you know, college, uh, student loans, family loans. Oh yeah. Yeah. Payday loans. <laughs> like, I still have those student debt loans that, uh, were for the most part gambling. You do? I mean, I, I paid for some class. Oh yeah. I still have that debt. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. I couldn't discharge those in bankruptcy or at least <laughs> I found out later on, I was talking to somebody interviewed on this podcast and, you know, she sort of said offline, she goes, I think you could have had you had a better lawyer. That was disappointing because most of my student loan debt um, was gambling money. 
Hmm. You know, I paid for like the, a lot of it was community college, um, which classes are much cheaper. So they give you like four grand and you spend 1300. So there's another like 3000, 2700, whatever it was to go gamble with. And that's what, that's how I worked it. Yeah. So sucks, but yeah, I still have that debt to pay off. Um, it's kind of, it's, it's strange because I've been a stay at home dad for two years. So it's weird to, to, to be like, Nicole, go to work and I'll take that money and pay off my old gambling debt. So <laughs> I don't, I don't know, but it does still exist, but the rest of it I did. Um, Cause I had already, the idea was that I had, I moved to California with the intention of starting Making it a, big. Well that, but starting a new, a new life, like away from gambling. And I just picked up gambling as soon as, I mean, on the road out there, I stopped at a casino. It was a mess. And I had money. I cashed out my 401k, which was, you know, it wasn't big. It was like four grand. And I ended up paying like three, you know, one grand in fees off that four or something yeah. like in taxes because I cashed it out early. But I did that because I was like, this is it. This is my, I'm going to do this. I'm going to turn it all around. And so then I thought, well, the last time I gambled this much money away and put myself in a giant hole, I had to go get another job. And I was working midnights at a hotel. And I thought, well, if I go get another job, the whole idea of moving out here was pointless. So what the hell am I doing? Like, what is what is it that I'm doing? So I, that's why I went the bankruptcy route. And, you know, some people don't like it. Some people do. I, I've, I'm a champion of it. Get rid of that debt. Get rid of that debt. Your life will be better. And yes, you can pay it off and you can feel like a champion for paying it off. And God bless you if you do. But I had already been down that road and paid off my debt through working three jobs. And I didn't want to do that again. So I did go with the bankruptcy and I, I'm very happy that I did. Um, but the debt counseling guy called me on that drive home and I pulled over into a rest stop to talk to him. And I was just like, this isn't like, this isn't doing anything for me. Like I get it. And, and it was that nice moment, of them, yeah. but it wasn't what I was looking for. And no, no one's going to solve my problems in that moment either. But what you did is you offered to lend, you know, you offered friendship and, and you, uh, an ear for me to talk into and give all my frustrations and get it all off my chest. So that way, at least it's out there. And you know it worked because I haven't gambled since. Yeah, you did it well. You did well, the right it took thing. A long time. Like I, I, I would kind of sympathize with those people that are against bankruptcy. Had you fallen off the wagon, I totally get it. I totally get it. Like, yeah, I mean, it, it really provides you, you, pride when you pay off that stuff. In My your defense, is, though, you paid done off it that stuff. right. I mean, you haven't gambled since then, so you yeah, bankruptcy you didn't waste me. your chance. Bankruptcy, it was always this. It was this idea i was like well i'll never get there and then i got there and i went oh crap i don't wow i got to this point that means this is bad i can't do this again how long is that on your record seven years 12 years something yeah, seven like that? years it's still there like my credit's still not good because it still has a bankruptcy on it but um i think three more years really that long i was just because aren't you about done with that well or? because i moved the whole thing reset so when i we'll get there um how does that make any sense because I had to go get a new lawyer in the new state because you have to file in the state you're in. So I couldn't continue what I was doing in California. Oh, so all that did was set you back like what, six months? Well, the lawyer in California told me that I had to wait a year with no gambling on my record in order to file. Oh. So we, he was just vamping for me to wait a year. And, it, and then I moved, you know, in that year I moved. And so I had to reset in North Carolina. But before that happened, six months after, uh, stopped gambling after that phone call after that disastrous morning i don't know how it happened i don't know how it came up except that we both listened to podcasts and i moved out to california to get on stage in front of people so it sort of just made sense to do a podcast and my idea was that i didn't want to go back to ga because i was new in town and i didn't 
I, I just felt uncomfortable. I was like, I've been to GA. I don't, and I keep relapse. I need something else. And you were kind enough to say, well, you know, we can, we'll do this podcast. I don't remember how the idea came up. Honestly, I just know that we recorded it and put it up. I want to say it was just born of shooting the shit, you know, maybe early days of, uh, I was probably talking to you anyway. Yeah. What, about was, that, it. what was the old program that people used to use to FaceTime with each other on computers? Skype. Skype, yeah, I, I think it was that just weird. old program. That's funny. Uh, poor Skype. I, I was brain farting. Doom is taking them out of the. Conversation. It was. It was like at the early days of Skype, and I think maybe we were just shooting the shit or talking or something. And you probably had the idea to let's let's start recording and. Yeah, well, I definitely wanted to talk about it with you, and then I thought, well, let's record it. We'll do it as a podcast, and I get my weekly therapy then because that's what always helped me the best. You know, it'd be kind of fun to do. But what if we did that again? Weekly therapy? No. We we go through your story again. Oh, like another all these years later. My only issue is my memory is terrible these days where, you know, I would almost have to go back and your memory might be terrible, but you'll be able to fill in the gaps with like your newfound wisdom. You may not remember all the details. No, of, that's like, a good idea. Events, we, maybe we'll do that. Your we, life is so different now. We've both had so many more experiences. And I mean, we were when we started this, we were both I mean, we weren't both single, but like effectively we are still oh, my life just, is totally different yeah yeah and now we're both married little kids running around and asking to blow their nose when they should be in bed interrupting podcasts oh i know so inconsiderate uh no that's a great idea let's talk more about that and then maybe we can do it like the old ways where you would interview me and i'll answer your questions and we could do it like uh i don't know once a month or twice a month or something like that i was thinking three or four times a week <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah how long has it taken us to get this podcast together no kidding um for all you listening so, out there this is part two by the way or yeah we or, but we uh, had a good we basically shot the shit for the for, for yesterday for an hour and a half and chris goes two. why don't we do part two tomorrow and i said maybe we should just scrap it and redo it and then we started and we got a half hour into another one and we scrapped <laughs> that too so this is like the third go around because we just keep going on tangents about childhood friends. Um, but I'm not going to let that happen this time, Chris, because we're well into this. So I, I want to say that the, you co-created the podcast with me and we, we were really good about every week. And then, you know, something comes up and the podcast was taking these longer gaps, like, well, three weeks, a month. Yeah. But we did end up running a few interviews with people. Mm hmm. Um, I knew a guy from GA who was a comedian who came on and, um, our, our friend, my friend in recovery in Florida, uh, that individual came on and, and actually, you know, if you listen to those podcasts, she was not, you could hear it in her that she wasn't going to stop, but I yeah, am happy I to say her. that if you go back and listen to those podcasts and, and now that, um, she has stopped and, uh, she will hopefully come on the podcast again to, tell everybody how she was able to stop because it took years for her and i i felt for it because i was done like i stopped and she was still like ah, i gambled ah, i gambled but she was able to eventually stop uh so hopefully we, she can get on here and talk us through how she did it um the nurse yes Is she a nurse yes yeah yeah i remember okay yeah because i remember afterwards you went i think she's still gambling it sounds like she's still gambling and i didn't want to believe it but yeah she was and she admits it now totally that she was still gambling um well, yeah, there was just something in her voice. Like she just, she wasn't, 
She wasn't ready to stop. She wasn't apologetic yet. Like she wasn't concerned with her problem. Like she was at the point where she recognized that she had a problem. Yeah. But she wasn't to the point where that problem had become so bad that she was willing to do something about it. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's, I mean, I was in that same position for a long time. Yeah. I mean, I was 18, 32, that's 14 years of, of gambling at casinos that, you know, I wish I had all that time back. I don't really wish I had all that time back. I don't really, at this point, whatever. It's weird because it's guided my, I guess this is a career now. So it's guided my career. The gambling is now, I didn't think I'd still be talking about it all these years later, Chris. I thought we would do that podcast yeah. and I had no vision for the future in it. And if I did, and this, <laughs> this is the best part, if I did have a vision for that podcast when we first started it, it would have been to have a much shorter title. I mean, it can just be all in. Yeah, there's, both, there's plenty of other things called <laughs> yeah. all in. Do you remember why we called it what we called it? I'm glad we used the phrase the addicted gamblers podcast because I always just say I have a gambling addiction. I think that's my favorite way to state it. Um, but the reason that we wanted to call it all in was because we were trying to get it into that because there there were no other gambling addiction podcasts at the time. We had looked. Oh, that's right. I remember there were now. plenty of gambling podcasts, and we were like, let's try to sneak into there so people will be like, oh, a gambling podcast. Hey, this is about addiction. Um which again, probably not a great way to like spring it on people like that. But I do kind of wish, and it does get shorthanded to all in in this space. But you know, all in, the yeah, addiction. whatever. I mean, it was you were the first person doing it from this side of the coin, you know. Yeah, the I mean, addicted gamblers people, podcast people, versus the as far as a podcast, yeah. But people have been telling addiction stories for years in different mediums and stuff. So it was sure. nothing special, but for me, it was because as I tell everybody to this day chris this podcast is my selfish way to recover and nothing more i'm glad people get something out of it and i enjoy talking to everybody it's great but this is my recovery tool that keeps me from gambling and that's number one and still true to this day and we're both enough in enough of uh introverts that i understand you get to do this from the comfort of your basement and you don't have to drive to a ga meeting <laughs> yep Yep. You know, um, Nicole told me that one day. She goes, oh, you're a total introvert. And I was like, no, no, I'm out there in the world. She goes, e it's not the same. You know, I don't know what her reasoning was, but I, I kept thinking like, but I, you know, I used to really love like being on stage and being around people. But yeah, I'm COVID. COVID has been bad and good. They, when COVID first started, I always I thought like, hey, I'm at home. Everybody else get out of here. I, this is my this is my domain. And now everybody's <laughs> at home. Um, but it has been, it has been good in a way of I think I am a little introverted. I don't I don't mind not leaving the house, but I I have been getting more and more like it's every day. And I think having a two year old at this moment, and I'm not complaining. I feel like I'm complaining lately about this, but it's just gotten to me. Like mentally, I am I need this to end. Well, yeah, you were living at home for an entire year before the rest of us started doing it. Yeah, and I and I had always been a worker, and so to to stay at home with a baby was really kind of being at home with a baby was cool because you could set the baby down but now that that baby grew into a, a tiny person and that tiny person runs around and wants to go outside wants to do this and you're sort of at the whatever the kid wants to do you do and that's just I'm wait till your little kid that. finds your dog's butthole i don't think i've ever oof, i remember yours found our dogs be <laughs> <That's, laughs> yep it never goes but it's away just, like it's like legit, I get everybody who has mental health issues during COVID because this is just, it's just hard. To, it's very hard. Every day. There's no weekend. Like every day is the same. And that's where I get it. I'm like, boy, every day is exactly the same. And I know that other people are out in the world, like taking their kids places, but we're just, we're avoiding COVID. So we stay home. And uh, luckily though, um, with 
the vaccines ramping up and COVID, I don't want to say fully ramping down, but headed in the right direction. Um, and the local daycare has a good reputation. We are putting her into daycare. So uh, congratulations. You're going to lose all of your money. Yes. You're going to get all of your time back. <laughs> I get some time back. Um, got a lot of tasks to do in that time coming up, but I'll be able to, because the podcast has grown and now we have sponsors, I will be able to put more time into the podcast, which is nice, which is good because it's been fun getting to talk to strangers like I, I just literally today i talked to a guy who i'm friendly with on twitter i said come on the podcast and he did and we had this lovely conversation for, for like two hours and that's what i get to do now and it's great i get to talk to people and i i always enjoy talking to people but yeah i i'm kind of realizing maybe i am a homebody like i don't really want to be at the bar till 2 a.m anymore and i maybe that's just an age thing but well i think if you've ever uttered the words I already have enough friends. I don't need to make any more. Anyone that's ever uttered, uttered those words, times, but I keep making new friends. <laughs> but I, I'm very much a. These are my friends, and this is what I like. I will always run back and hide with you guys. That is like, that's my safe zone. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah, that's. I mean, I when I first came to North Carolina, I was pretty depressed because it's it's hard making new friends when you're in a brand new place. I didn't have anybody here as an adult. Yeah. Yeah. As an adult. I mean, I'm, know. I'm lucky in that, I guess through the podcast and, and recovery, I've met a lot of good friends. Um, but there's always stuff you're not sharing with people. I mean, I try to be as honest as I can on the podcast, but you know, just subconsciously there's stuff I don't share, but that you know about me. I don't think there's anything you don't know about me. And that's, yeah. that's very relieving to me that like there's stuff that like, I can tell you everything and it's all like you have yet to, like, oh, Brian, you're just like, oh, yeah. You just accept everything I've ever said to you, which I, I love. Um, no, I actually do try very hard to not be judgmental. You never have to me. And just it, just in general. I'm so. bad at that. I am judgmental. I don't mean to be. I don't want to be. But like my, I think my, my initial reaction and then I calm down and then some time goes by and I go, oh, yeah, I was totally wrong. And I'm sorry. Oh, don't get me wrong. You know, I have initial reactions sometimes, but I do my best to sort of logically think over it put myself in someone else's shoes. Yeah. I have to tell you, um, or I actually, we have to tell everybody listening to this podcast, the funny part about how this all worked out was, so Chris and I did the podcast and the podcast, it, it was the podcast and the movie, right? We made the movie. Yeah, because the movie was 2016. Yeah, because then I moved. That was it. So I moved out to California with reasons. And one of those reasons was that I wanted to make movies. And so we fundraised and Chris helped me make a movie. Chris produced the movie for me. And, um, you know, it wasn't great, but for 2,500 bucks, we made a full length feature film. And that to me a was lot like of fun. A, it was fun. Yeah. Cause we all got together and, and just made this creative project. And it was uh, like this awesome team effort, but also I got to get together all my old friends and, um, you know, I had, friends who had done theater and stuff. So they were very much wanting to be in it. And then I had friends yeah. who didn't do theater who uh, wanted to be in it as well. And they were. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we shot the movie in our hometown. We used your aunt and uncle's place as yeah, a location. Yeah. And, and it was a fun everybody we knew. And you busy today? For no. a week. We did it like eight days, I think. Yeah. Um, and, you know, nothing really came of it. We got into one film festival in Canada and Nothing came of it, but it was the experience that I just truly loved and would love to recreate someday. But I, that was, I went to California with a purpose 
and I was more productive out there than I had been in all my years in Michigan, as far as producing something, you know, between a podcast, a book and a movie, like that was cool. That for me, I like, it wasn't what I envisioned when I went to California, but I definitely left there proud of what we had accomplished, you know? And so you edited the book, you produced the movie and you co-created the podcast. So you've been there the whole way with me and uh, you know, nobody can ask for a better friend. Yeah, I said it. So uh, thank you for everything that you've done for me, including the gambling. But I have to tell everybody that. So I had to leave California. You know, I got back, got back from making the movie and my landlord said, I'm selling my house. And I was renting a room in this house. And I lived with um, these two wonderful uh, ladies, uh, one of whom at the time when I moved in was 71 and she lived with her 99 year old mother or her 99 year old mother lived with her. And sadly, since the the mother has passed, but um, great people, I still talk to the, she's not 71 anymore, but however many years it's been. And, but she was moving. So I said, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not gonna stay in California. Like it's too expensive out there. I, I sort of was past that point now of- How long were you out there? 18 months, that's it. Oh. What, in 18 months? Yeah, but in 18 podcasts, months you were living by yourself. And, and we you started other podcasts too. Go. We did like two or three other podcasts at that time as yeah. well. My favorite, strangely enough, it was called Who Died? And we talked about like people and people who died. and started because my dad died and I like to talk about that, but also then other people I know that I was close to their parents died. So it was like this conversation about death that I found very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not relieving, but cathartic. Yeah. It was just, yeah, it was good to talk about and talk about other people's experience. And, uh, I always liked that podcast. And then we did bonfire tales with Glenn and it was just us telling stories of our youth, which was just so much fun. Cause we'd have all our friends on and just read mm-hmm. these stories of bonfires and creative, I'm not creative, but crazy nights and just good time fun. And those were all part of it. But then, so I had to leave California and I, <laughs> I think I called you and I was like, Hey, can I stay with you? I don't know where to go. I'll come to no, North Carolina. No, 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 no. See, this is actually backwards because when you were thinking about leaving California, I was trying to sell North Carolina to you. Oh, is that what? Like, it was? I had a literal like. Maybe I I realized you were about to move or it was coming up, and in my head, I'm like, I need to start dripping out these little hints that hey brian you're gonna love durham come here i did love and and i was still very solidly in my i don't particularly like this area yet i don't like north carolina yet i i wasn't comfortable i didn't know enough people i hadn't been here long enough it just it wasn't my home yet you know you know it takes a half years ago no handful of years before you really get into a place five but anyway so i was trying to sell you on a bunch of bs Because well, I just wanted you to come and live with me, and that and and that's what it was. Is that I, I literally I couldn't afford anything. Like there was nothing. I had no money. Yeah, he showed up with like a duffel bag, and that was the only thing he had in his life. I, 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 my car was repossessed as part of the bankruptcy. Um, I threw out belongings. I sold some stuff on eBay, but I basically been. I I left with two. I drove to California in a car filled with my stuff i left with two suitcases on a plane <laughs> and chris you downsized and amy picked me up at the airport and took me to lunch and it was just what a weird what a cool and weird moment like literally i showed up with my life in two suitcases to your house and you were like here's your couch enjoy and but you gave me like this fresh start like listen I'm, as uh, i'm do you remember this, I'm realizing, how like, that i owe you was? even more than what i'm giving you credit for Cause you, you gave me this couch to sleep on and you're like, listen, 
eventually you got to pay rent, but don't pay rent until you go get a job. And guess what? You can take my car to work. You were nice enough to be like, because you had a oh, work that's truck. right. I had a company truck at the time. You had a company so truck at the time. You were still working like an hourly thing as you finished up some classes. Yeah. And you let me, I, were, I got a midnight job at a hotel doing night audit again. And uh, you let me restart my life on your couch. And it was, it was, I'm sure I stressed out Amy a little bit because I'm on your couch and I'm just sort of there. And I'm sure I stressed you out too, but uh, it was very like, it was such a nice gift that you guys gave me to just sleep on your couch and live. Well, I was more than happy to do it. If anything, I want to apologize for the fact that that couch was so shitty. I was comfortable. I, you know, I it's hated funny? that couch. We just got a new bed and Nicole will go to bed before me. And if I wake her up, sometimes she can't fall back asleep. So a lot of the times if I go to bed late, if I'm working on something, I'll sleep on the couch. And your couch is way more comfortable than the couches I'm sleeping on right now. Because your couch is uh, squishy. Like you could sink into that and sit. and It was cozy. I was so happy I, to let that couch go. And now we actually, in our guest room, we have a, a real pullout couch bed thing. That I don't need it anymore. Yeah. But if um, Mike or Jason ever need a place to sleep, you you let them have that couch. Yeah, Christy's going to kick Mike out sooner or later. <laughs> but so uh, I was sleeping on your couch when I met Nicole and we got married because I was sleeping on your couch. She needed a ride to the airport. She was friends. She, well, she worked right. with Amy and then eventually you when you started working with her. And uh, we met because she came over to watch like the Michigan game on your couch and uh my bed which we were all making jokes about like i was like get off my bed this is this is where i was <laughs> she had a dog and it was crawling all over me and i was like oh this dog and then uh you know she yeah and then you fell in love like, with that dog oh that dog was awesome yeah uh poor dog passed away but great dog wednesday puggle beautiful dog uh but yeah i ended up marrying nicole <laughs> we fell yeah, and got married yeah and then since then she moved then she then she moved me away from you she said we're done and here I am in Connecticut. And here we are doing the 200th episode of the podcast that literally started just as a way for me to recover from my gambling addiction. It's crazy that we're at this point. So it's been how long since you gambled? So it was July 23rd of 2014. So I would say six and a half years, but um, yeah. yeah, a little over six. Just years. under. Just or Yeah, just over. Just over, yeah. Congratulations, Brian. If what? I had a chip, I'd give you one. Or not chip, <laughs> but like, what are those, the, the coins, like... Uh, you guys so have in, coins? In, in GA, at uh, you know, they give you keychains for 30, 60, 90 days, six months, and then at a year you get a pin. Oh, but they didn't have any extra pins, so somebody gave me their used pin, which was fine. Serves the same purpose. Yeah. So what a fun little tale of the podcast. This has been fun talking, Chris, for our two hundredth episode. I've enjoyed myself. This is uh, you know, it's pretty wild because again, like you started the podcast with me, and again, Jeff has been great hosting it with me even though he's been very busy the last three months and hasn't been on here a lot. But um, I got introduced to a lot of good people through Jeff. So Jeff's done a wonderful job with the podcast. So I got to thank him a lot for what he's done. And it's uh, it's really cool that you're here for the 200th episode because, you know, every now and then people are like, hey, what happened to Chris? Where's Chris? Can I come back again? All the time? Like just Every episode? You Can I come back at some point? Because sometimes I do it in the middle of the day. Oh, well, yeah. I, can I you could. come back and be on episodes? Hell yeah, you can come back anytime you want. All right. Yeah, no, I think we should do your idea. Oh, that's right. That He's, was a good idea. Earlier. You just pitched me an idea, and I was like, yeah, that's great. <laughs> Let's do that. No, I'm totally down for that. I would, definitely, I would definitely love to update those stories, because at the time, like, you could hear it in our my voice. It was all bad. I mean, A, our sound quality was not that great back in the, in those days. 
We do have slightly better equipment now. It's better equipment now, which, you know, eventually around episode 50. Oh, by the way, somebody left a review that said, um, it was a two-star review and it said, good content, bad sound. (laughs) And then I thought, hey, she said good content. That's what counts. I was like, hey, I'll take the compliment where I can get it. No, it was was cool. And I totally respect that, that because we did have poor sound quality in those first, you know, first quarter of the episodes crazy i'm i've been meeting so many wonderful people who work in the addiction space not just in gambling but other ones as well counselors there was a judge on the podcast um people from the different state councils have been on clinicians it's just it's really nice to get to talk to all these people because these are the people on the front lines of helping people like myself who had a gambling addiction and uh it's really great to talk to them and highlight the work they do and so that's what it's really turned into is Somebody comes on and like every story helps somebody and every professional who comes on to talk about it or every PhD who comes on to talk about it helps somebody because there's always information that you never heard yeah, or yeah. didn't know you wanted or didn't know you needed. So it's really turned into a, a, a great project and uh, I have you to thank for that because you started it with me. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Hey, I, uh, I I can't believe all these years later we're still doing it and it's it's turned into a little bit of a career versus just a way for me to recover, which it still is first and foremost. No, and I gotta say, I'm actually quite proud of you with this because you're right. When we started doing this, it was it was kind of like a, I mean, it was serious. It was you were telling your story about your experiences with gambling, but it was a good opportunity for the two of us to sort of hang out and just shoot the shit, as it were, as we were going along and having fun. And it's it's grown so much since then. I mean, you've, you've done so much more with this. It's, it's its own beast. I mean, you have sponsors, you have listeners. I mean, back then we were counting what, Oh, we've got our third listener today. <laughs> They're like somebody. It's amazing. <laughs> and, and now you actually have people that are downloading your episodes. It's you've done really well here. Well, I think you've done a great thing. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be great though, if we didn't have to do it though, if gambling addiction wasn't such an issue and things were okay and we didn't have to do the podcast that would be the ideal yeah yeah well we're, we ain't there and especially with the amount of gambling that's no. accessible in america right now and will be soon is we're not there uh do you remember what we used to say on the way out how we would close it see ya <laughs> <laughs> but we stole it from glenn ah uh, that's all and that thanks for listening there it is <laughs> Today's podcast is brought to you by KindBridge, the world's first virtual clinic dedicated to better outcomes for gamblers and gamers. If you're currently struggling with a gambling or gaming problem and you need to speak to a gambling or gaming specialist, check out KindBridge.com. KindBridge has specialists across most of the U.S. and their network is constantly growing, so keep up with them on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn for updates. KindBridge.com. This podcast is owned by Lee Street Media, LLC. Music provided by T-Vance. Remember, this is a podcast. The views expressed on the podcast are solely those of the hosts and the guests. If you need help for a gambling addiction, please seek professional help.